Okay, we're going to talk about um, well, three words that best describe it. Anticipate, appropriate, participate. We still haven't, and we're, I'm going to keep pushing this, we, we haven't got to the place in our minds of what we can do as children of God. Um, Jeremiah 32 27 says behold I am Jehovah the God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me we read that tongue in cheek but he's, he's, he's wanting to create in, in our mind an image that, that he has an image that's beyond where, where we're conditioned to think, in other words. We need to move beyond where we're conditioned to think. The world says, you can't do this unless you do this. And God says, You're, I'm your source, and there's nothing I can't do. That's the way you need to start looking at things. Um, Call unto me, and I will answer thee. And will show thee great things and difficult which thou knowest not. Jeremiah 33, 3. This is American Standard Version. It's a little bit older version. Sometimes I like it. Um, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, and to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus unto all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 320 through 21. We need to. I just. I am just so sick <coughs> of not just coming here, but just, just in general, my whole life, looking back over it and the effectiveness of the church is so pathetic. It, it's just so pathetic, and I don't. I, I don't really want to be part of that anymore. I. I just do not want to be. Go to my grave. Thinking about all the good people that that I met in church and the food drives that we did and just low level crap. I mean, I just. I'm just not. I just can't be part of that. And I don't want to sound like I'm pointing my finger at all the good Christians and all that because I'm falling short too, but I don't want to. I, and, and I know there's provision and there's ways to move way beyond that. Jesus moved way beyond it. And we, we all are conditioned to think, yeah, but he was God. That's why he was able to do those miracles, because he was God. He says, I go to the Father because I have to. 
Because if I don't, you won't be able to do the things I did. And greater things than, the, than, the, than I did, you will do. That's a, you know how bold the statement that was that he made? Greater things than I did, you will do. I mean, that takes all the excuses away from all of us. When the creator of the universe in bodily form says, I need to go back to the Father because I need to pour the Spirit out on you so you can do greater things than I did. How do you even wrap your mind around that? But shouldn't we attempt to? Shouldn't we attempt to? There's... So Jesus was put on this earth as a teacher, right? He was put on this earth as the Savior. Well, yeah, that. But his job while he was here, what he was doing was teaching. Was teaching, and he was teaching those apostles. Those apostles followed him around his whole ministry. Yeah, I know, because I'm, yeah. So they follow around, he's teaching them. As a matter of fact, he gave, he gave us a little taste of what we could do, because he sent them. And we always think of just the 12. But he had a whole, whole following. He, at one point, he sent out 70, including the 12 apostles. He says, I want you to go out. And he gives them instruction. He, he kind of, he gave, he gave a prelude to where we are in this end time with those 70. Go out. He says, go into this house, in this city. If they accept you in peace, great. If not, shake the dust off your feet. Basically, put judgment on them and go to the next. And they went out and they turned the whole area upside down. And they're teaching about God. They were teaching about God, but they were casting out demons. They were healing the sick. They just, they, they, they did it all. They yeah, couldn't. but to, to cast out the demons and to heal somebody and raise them from the dead, to do what beyond that? The ultimate goal when you're raising somebody from the dead is for them to go out and, and do the same Christ. thing, right. So really, the most people do. If I had every gift under the sun, I had it all. From, from everything. And I could cast out demons and I can heal. I can do it. The goal that when you say, I'm so tired of the church and tired of this, ultimately the goal is the same. No, the goal is not the same. The goal is what I've been beating my head on the wall for a whole year. The goal is establishing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. That's the goal. Right. The goal is to overcome this whole earth and have it under total rule of Jesus Christ. All of it submitted, sin gone, every devil cast into the pit of hell and sealed to where there's no effect ever again. Right. But how, how do you go about doing that? If you have every gift given to you, how, you go about it by teaching and showing. And you teaching. go about it, but you appropriate the gifts for one thing. Those right. are tools. That's what we taught last tools week. Tools to... For the things. common good. We are a maturing people. We are at different levels. Yeah. How do I cast a devil out of someone if I don't know he's got a devil? Right. I need the gift of knowledge. I need, need somebody needs the gift of discerning of spirits. You have to have all these things that are beyond our five senses to mature into the fullness of Christ. Right. That's what Ephesians says. We have to have all these things until we attain to the fullness of Christ Jesus. Now, there's a time that's going to come that this people will attain to the fullness of Christ Jesus. He says, we're going to, we have these things until we attain to the fullness, right? To his level. 
Once we get to his level, we don't need these specified gifts because now we have moved into him. We know we'll know him as he is because we'll be like him. Jesus didn't need a gift of discerning the spirits. He, uh, he had it. He didn't need to lay hands on him anybody and have the gift of healing. He encompassed it all. He moved freely in all those things. We are so immature, we're not at his level, so he, get, he distributes those gifts among us all because we haven't moved to the fullness of Jesus Christ. So he's the head of his body. He's doing something new. We are to do everything he did when he walked here, but now it's distributed among the body. He's the head. We all have these different functions. Now it's going to be Jesus times a million going through this earth. Now we're not all going to ever be better than Jesus. Don't, yeah, no, don't start putting words in my mouth. But we are to be at his level. He says, I'm the firstborn among many brethren. There is, there is an appropriate... He said he didn't do anything unless he saw the Father do it. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit that he didn't have to question anything he did. He saw... How, however that meant, whatever that means, I'm not sure, but, but it's basically had so much confidence, so much communication, so much faith that he didn't question the thing that he had to do at any given time, where we still have to do that. That's, that's why we have checks and balances to keep us in order. Jesus just walked. He saw the Father doing it. He did it. He heard his voice. He knew the Father. He seek, sought the Father's face to a completeness, completeness that he knew him without doubt. That's why he was able to move like he moved. He appropriated all that power from the Father. He did it all. That's where we're lacking. He, he did not let the realm that we live in be a hindrance, to be a block. He moved in both realms like this. He walked on water. He got out of the boat and walked on water. Physically, that is impossible to do unless it's frozen. He did it. He raised Lazarus from the dead who was in a grave rotting three days. He was able to pull his spirit from God. because The Bible says the spirit goes back to God who gave it. He was able to bring Lazarus' spirit back into this body rejuvenate it, and make it alive again. What would Jesus have done had he not had to die on the cross and he stayed? What, what did God want him to accomplish on earth had he stayed? It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have accomplished. The, the end goal wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. He would have, he would have had to do everything. He could, he could have defeated the whole world. He's God. Mm-hmm. He could have done that. But where would we be? Right. We would still be in our still in our same state. He would be so elevated above us. We would have no communion uh, with him at all because we wouldn't have his mind. That's the whole purpose of humanity. Right. The whole purpose of humanity is to learn, love God, learn about him, teach about him, follow him. No, the whole purpose is not that. That's to get us to the end game. The end game is to be like him, is to have a race of people that is like him, that he can communicate with, that he can share his thoughts with, that he can share his creativity with. I love my dogs. 
but they're not on my level. I will always, I would always be lonely if I only had those dogs. Oh, yeah. That's not true companionship. That 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 gives me pleasure. Yeah, they, they it's cool when they when I come home and they all want me to pet them and all that. But that's not true companionship. The creator of all the universe is so far above us, he has no real communion with us. We haven't got even close to the level that he needs so he can have that relationship. Why does the Bible say that to go to heaven, to be with him and be in heaven, all you have to do is acknowledge him, invite him into your heart? No, no, it doesn't say that. It it says to be saved. Yeah, that's all you got to do is believe, believe in Jesus with all your heart and all that. Mm-hmm. That's not the end game. That's just, that's just where you're at right now. Yes, you believe it. You okay with that? Are you? It, it says, yes, you'll be saved. Mm-hmm. But there's a culmination of an age. This will all go away. There's a new species that he talks about that will be. And there is a generation that's going to come about that brings this all together. If we are not there, all those people cannot, it says they can't, we can't precede them and we can't, and they can't precede us to the finality of this thing. In other words, there has to be a culmination of this thing coming together. So if, if he was to end it right now, it would be unfulfilled because there has, there has been a generation who hasn't walked from this body to the new species. Once that happens, Everything together, everything that they did in the past all comes together and we become this new race. If that's the case, we are all saved right now. Why not just stop us right now, take us into this heavenly place and call it good? Because if he does that, you have a bunch of people who have been untried. They haven't done it. He's looking for that people who is going to reach into the heavens and grab this thing to the point of immortality. That we just we pull every bit of his power. I was reading today and it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm getting more revelation with my walk with God right now, and I, this isn't being arrogant. It's just heads and tails above anything that I have seen in the church since the dark ages. There is, the stuff I'm talking about is not talked about in any pulpit in the United States. That doesn't mean I'm anything better. It just means God's just really starting to open up this thing. And if he's opening up to me, he's opening it up to other people. I just haven't met them yet. But there, the, the Greek language itself, the Greek language itself, the ancient Greek, it was planned of God. There is no doubt that without the Greek language, we would not have the scriptures that we need to have today because they wouldn't be unfolding. God says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are scriptures in there, and we read it as, um, oh, Ephesians 4, he talks about giving the, the ministry gifts to the church. He first gave apostles. And prophets, pastors, teachers. That word gave in our language would never unfold the revelation of what was behind that. As a matter of fact, it ended up impeding the church for thousands of years because 
they came up with the, you, you had the dark ages, all the Christians fell away, we didn't have the word, all those kind of things happened, so we were in this darkness. And uh, the only thing that was out there was the, it was the Catholic Church feeding us garbage until Martin Luther came, came, came along and started getting some new revelation. That word gave, in our, in our English, means gave. I gave Steve a cup, a, cup, a cup of coffee. So you read it that way, it's easy to see, well, the New Testament, and then they start coming out with all this false doctrine. Well, yeah, he gave the church back then, apostles and prophets, so they could write the New Testament. That's what the Baptists have been saying for years. You go to the Greek and realize that word gave has a different tense to it. It means he gave in the past, he gives in the future, and he continue. I mean, he gave, he gave in the present, and he continues to give in the future. That's the word in the Greek. Whole new thing now, right? Well, now if you read it, and he says he gave the church first apostles, he gave them back then, he gives them in the present, and he's going to give them in the future. That means they haven't gone away, right? Sheds a whole new new meaning on there. There's another. There's another one that I found out today that, that blows my mind. And it's used over and over and over again all through the New Testament. And it's a tense that says what happened in history in the past is also happening in the present. So in other words, we've kind of talked about this before. God created time. But he's not bound by time. He lives outside of time. This hand is where God lived before the creation. He made the creation, and it's all in this hand. And this is just a layman way to make me explain it to you better. It says he knows the beginning and the end. How does he know the beginning and the end? No time. He jumps into 1950 at 8 o'clock on December 22nd jumps into time 2025 December 22nd at 8 o'clock the same exact time to him but many years apart here he's not bound by that he can move in and out he does he created it he's not bound by it he's not bound by physics so when he gives a prophecy in Joel it says, in the, in, in, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see dreams. Your old men will see, uh, see visions, whatever. Does all those kind of things. You'll speak in other tongues. You'll prophesy. You'll do all these things. There was a fulfillment of that, even in Joel's time with the remnant. They were exiled. So a lot of that happened then. Okay, happened here, B.C. Now A.D. comes along in Acts 2. Peter gets up and says, the Holy Spirit falls. They saw tongues of fire. They spoke in tongues. Peter gets up and, and quotes the exact prophecy of Joel for Acts 2. They spoke in tongues. They did those kind of things. They, they, they weren't prophesying at the time. They weren't seeing visions. They weren't seeing dreams. The Pentecostal movement comes along in the early 1900s. The Holy Spirit fell again. They spoke in tongues. What did they say? Same thing. This is just like Joel talked about. We're, we're moving into this thing again. 
Still no prophecy. It was just tongues. We're still missing prophecies. We're missing prophetic utterances. We're missing, missing dreams and visions. It is a groaning thing. We can attain this because it is here for us now. God says, I am that I am. Closest definition that we can ever find to God is I am that I am. When he gives a prophet a prophecy, it's for now. To him, I am is today, it was yesterday, and it's in the future. Every single prophecy, promise, inheritance that was given to Abraham or anybody in that Bible, we can reach into his realm and get the now. We can live in the I am with God. We have a mission. He's waiting for some generation. He's been waiting for some generation from the time Jesus ascended to the throne to take a hold of these prophecies, to take a hold of all the attributes of God, bring it into this realm, take over this earth, put every demon, every Satan, every principality and power, get them bound into the pit of hell so that Jesus can come back for a bride that has been perfected. He says he's not coming back. So you can die and be saved till hell freezes over until we are perfect into the fullness of Christ. He's not coming back. We either believe all of it or we don't believe any of it. He says, I'm not coming back for a bride that's blemished. Now you tell me how the church looks like a bride that's not blemished. I talked about these spiritual gifts and all those things. It makes us grow. It makes us mature into the perfection of Jesus Christ. That's where we're to be, guys. We have got to be a generation that grabs a hold and reaches into the heavenlies, into this other realm, and brings the things of God that aren't bound by physics, that aren't bound by logic, that aren't bound by the way we've been conditioned to think, that we think like God himself. And we become this people that shed sin once and for all. And then we walk into the light of God. And he sees that, that remnant of people. I don't know how many it's going to be. And he said, there, finally, it's my people who reached into the throne of God, got all my attributes, and washed themselves from the first Adam. And they're walking into the second Adam, which Jesus was the firstborn among us all. Now I have a bride that I can marry. One that looks like me. One that I can communicate with for eternity. How do we know that that bride's not ready right now? Well, if there's only a remnant. Maybe there's a remnant of people that are ready. No. No, there's not. I'm close enough to God to know that that's not. If it was the case, they would have contacted me. Because that's what I pursue. I pursue that. There is no way. If there was that there would be principalities and powers, this world would be in control of God if that was true. He says, every knee shall bow that he's the son of God before this is over with. And for sure we haven't seen that anywhere. That remnant will have control of this total planet. That's how you'll know. There won't be, there won't be a 
evil principality demon in control at all. The last one to be defeated is Jesus, is Satan himself, and Jesus is going to come down and control that one. Once that happens, then it's a whole new ball game. But it's obvious. It, it, there are so many things in this scripture that haven't happened yet. And we grabbing hold of some of these things will expedite that. This country falling to crap, I don't care. I could care less about the United States. I could care less about Russia, England. None of those things are all their own identities. What I care about is the kingdom of God. That's what's important. That's what's important. We, we hang on to our comfort too much. We hang on. We live in the best country in the world. That's, that's wonderful. But they have not sold out to God. Because they haven't sold out to God, they sold out to Satan and all those kind of things like the rest of the world. It's just a matter of time. Before what? Before it's totally controlled by Satan. That's, period. That's what, yeah, because you said every knee has to bow. Well, it's corrupt. People like it, Stephanie, it, people like Stephanie are raising her kids. Exactly. It's okay. And they're going to raise the, their The Bible kids. says, in the last days, the light will get lighter and the dark will get darker. In other words, there's going to be a separation that is more obvious, more obvious, more so obvious, more obvious. So not every knee will bow. No, they will before it's over with. What, because it They're not bowing because people like us haven't grabbed a hold of the authority of God and made them bow. It's up to us, not Jesus. We, Jesus. we keep waiting for Jesus to come off his throne, come down here and beat up all the bad people for us. That's not what he did. He says, I go to the Father because I've given you everything that I had. All the authority that I had in the Father, you will have. You just got to be able to have enough faith to grab a hold of it. And speak my words. It's the spoken word of God who's going to bow every knee. It will get worse. It will get worse. There's going to be little gatherings like this that are going to start getting a hold of this thing. They're going to start praying, just like Melinda and her schoolwork, the one, the one day. The one week. We prayed one week, just a little prayer. And all of a sudden, things blew up at her work. Had parents calling in. Jumping all over the principle. You know how minute that is to the whole plan that God has? We'll do that on a national level. We'll be doing that on a worldly level. Before this is all over with, they're not going to know what hit them. And they won't be able to do anything because they're dealing with the people with an invisible God. We have invisible attributes that they can't attach science to. They, they're dealing with the people who know their very thoughts. Thoughts. The, uh, when Elijah when the, uh, was talking about the, the king that was coming to kill him, he goes, i got to find this guy. And his servants even knew about Elijah. They said, how can we fight against this dude? He knows what you're doing in your bedroom. And he's not even here. His response was, okay, that's the deal. Then let's go kill him. So they, they put siege. They, they attacked the city where Elijah was. Looked pretty dim. If we looked out the window and saw what Elijah saw, or what his servant saw, we would be just like everybody else is right now. Oh God, it's, it's over with. But Elijah had pushed through that realm. He had pushed into the heavenly realm, and he saw what God saw. He saw the reality of things, and he saw that God encamped around them, God's army. 
Now, how is it going to be any different today than it was then? Is it? It's in Harry Potter. The Old Testament isn't Harry Potter. It was real. How is it any less real today? Because we're more modern. We're more. We're more wise. We've went to the freaking moon. So now all of a sudden, it's a fable. That's what I'm saying. We got to get a hold of the truth of this thing. Seek God because that's where the answer is. Not letting me do it. Not letting some other guy come along and do it so we can coast and live to be 75, die and go to heaven. That's not what it's about. He's not after that. He wants the people to reach in and find a way. You find a way. If it was a mechanical thing, everybody would do it. We'd all be Christians. Because we, we'd have all the sources of God just freely gives them to us. Don't have to, don't have to fight for them. Don't have to have any belief in anything. It'd be all over with. And we would still be so far below the mind of God that he still can communicate with us. But if we're a people who reaches in and believes that he's the unseen God, believe that he created the whole world, and he says, knock, 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 and the door will be opened. See, that doesn't mean go out in your garden, do a little twirl around, look for an Easter egg, and come back in and call it good. Seek a real treasure hunter. Some of them live their whole lives looking for that sunken pirate ship and go broke. They have, they have more tenacity, more will than you or I ever thought about. And it's for a fleshly reward. Think if you had enough gall to refuse defeat and reach in and grab the attributes of God. How more powerful. I'm going to do it. I will not die. I guarantee you I will not die without every one of you seeing me press for the mark like Paul did. And like Paul, not that I've attained it, I haven't even come close, but I'm so disgusted with myself that I have not, that it just drives me harder every day. There is so much more than your freaking job and taking care of family. There is so much more responsibility than that being a true child of God. Even in the end time, there's going to be 30%ers, 60%ers, 100%ers. That's the parable that Jesus talked about. I don't even want to fall in the 30 or 60 category. I don't want to just do enough to get in. Paul, Peter, all those guys, they have their crown. They gave their whole life for the cause. We live in America. How can we give our life? We've got it on easy street. We've got to find another way. And it has to be totally from inside. It has to be a desire that, a desire that actually that we have appropriated from God. A desire that goes beyond what we're capable of. That's where I feel I'm right now. There, there's no way I have this much passion, this much desire for God on my own. Because I look back at my life and I'm not that kind of a person. I would much rather just have a comfortable life. It's way easier. 
But the less comfortable I become, the more, the more I press into the presence of God, the less comfortable I become. The less adequate I become, which makes me press in more because, because I see that I'm so less adequate, I know that I have to have his attributes to pull this thing off. That it has to be him that does it. But when I read about the Apostle Paul being in a vision or in body or, or not, I don't know, or out of body, I do not know. Nevertheless, it didn't matter to him. He saw things that he couldn't even speak of that God showed him. Man. That, that's why he lived the life he lived. He kept pressing in and God started showing him so many of these things that, that he became overwhelmed and consumed with responsibility for the church to push it, to push it forward. He was in constant prayer for the brothers and sisters that they would get a hold of this thing, get a hold of this revelation and start pulling it out of the heavens, out of that, that other realm, into this realm and start changing things. I'll tell you right now, if I had to live the rest of my life going to a regular church that's been doing the same thing for hundreds of years, going in, three songs, sermon, how you doing, brother? Let's do a prayer list and go home. No thanks. No thanks. And I don't care how harsh that sounds, that's not a people of God. We can do more. The Bible says we can do it all. And that's what we have to pursue. If you're just going to go there, man, just to save your hind end, God, oh my God, don't get in that rut. Don't get in that rut. I'd rather see 10,000 of these little house meetings pursuing God and shaking things up any day than 2,000 at New Life going in there in and out so nobody even know your name. No thanks appropriate, participate. There, there are so many things, you know, I, I ask all the time, how can I make this happen? And he laughs, because I can't make it happen. The only thing I can do is pursue him. All through the Old Testament, especially, the, the prophets say, I seek in the face of God. David, I seek the face of God. That was seeking a relationship with God the Father having communion, be able to, to hear his voice when he speaks, to, to do what he does to send you, to prophesy defeat of this councilman or this organization, speak Black Lives Matter into the ground because it's satanic. Just by speaking a true word of God with God attached to your voice when you release it, you can bring kingdoms down. It happened all the time. It happened all through the New Testament. It happened in the New Te uh, the New Test. It happened all the time. We have always fallen short a lot of times because of persecution. When you start making those kind of sounds, those kind of rattlings, you become a target by Satan himself, which means he's attached to all these other agencies who will attack you as well. But they have no hold. They have no power. If I could see what's happening into that guy's room, his bedroom, it's easy. 
How can he hurt me when I know what he's thinking? That's why it's important to have these gifts. If, uh, if I got a young brother who's coming up in the Lord and he is just passionate and he's pressing in and the Lord's starting to really reveal some things, Satan sees it. He sees him being a threat in two years, a huge threat. He's got the mark of Christ on him and he hits him with cancer. I have to be involved with the body of people who someone has that gift of healing to cast that thing off of him so we can fulfill his mission in Christ. And that's what it's about. You tell me, you tell me one church, one church that you have seen these gifts moving in. Including here. Show me, tell me one. Well, I wouldn't know of any because I don't go to any. I have went to plenty and I haven't seen one. You see a glimpse of it here and there. But you don't see anybody moving in the power of Jesus Christ. Never. You don't see anybody moving in the power of Peter, Paul, James, and John. No, society would look a heck of a lot different. It's not casting stones at anybody but myself. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to find a way to get into the throne room of God and start making a difference. I am not going to play church. Not going to do it. It's just too, there's too much on the line. All you got to do is read Revelations, man. So many Christians are going to stand there. Didn't we feed the homeless? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? All these good things are going to name. And he says, I don't know you. Are we willing to take that shot? We can say tongue-in-cheek all day long. Oh, it says all you got to do is believe and you'll be saved. There's a little bit more to believing than saying you believe. You have to reach in and put the will of God first. He has to be Lord over your life, above all. So just saying, I believe, doesn't necessarily resonate with the Lord. It's evident when he says, I don't know you. Because I guarantee you all then said they believe. They even did good things but their heart wasn't really believing. They were checking the box. Do you believe all your grandparents went to heaven? Yep. Based off of what you're saying? Yep. I believe that. Not because of merits. Not because of any of that. Because of the fruit that I saw in their lives as far as prayer goes, were they perfect? No, no. Could they have done more? Absolutely. Could they have been the generation I'm talking about? Absolutely. But you can you, you, you just know by a person's spirit whether they believe or not. It's something sincere. And it's so funny because life today 
is all. As far as Christians are concerned, most of the time, everybody is judged on by what they perceive is good deeds. How many times they went to church on Sunday? How many times they tithed? How many times they did all this? This is what made them a true righteous Christian. It's, it's not for you and I to judge one way or another whether somebody went to heaven or didn't or how much effort they put in or didn't. Some people didn't put any effort in at all and all of a sudden had a revelation of it towards the end of their life. Maybe because they were dying. Who knows? But at some point it became real to them. And I believe they're in the presence of God. Some of them, probably not. Some of them were checking the box. They just didn't really want to call the bluff completely. So they, they hedged their bets. Someone like me, right now, if I was to back off right now, I would probably end up in hell. Because the scripture says, once you started tilling, and you turn back, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. So once you truly make that heartfelt passion, to press into the kingdom of God. You, you don't have any choice, man. You got to keep pushing. Because if you don't, you, you're not fit for the kingdom. And I got to think, if you're not fit for the kingdom, you're not fit for heaven. So, I don't have a choice. And there's been lots of people who pushed and pressed. Pressure got hot from family from work, for whatever, and they backed off. And like I say, I'm not that judge, but that scripture's pretty plain. I don't want to fall into that category. So I don't care how, how much people get angry at me. The whole nine yards doesn't matter. I'm pushing on. I hope to drag all of you with me. But... This is just one of those one of those weeks where I've changed some things even in my thinking, and it just becomes it almost becomes cutthroat in a way. Because the more close you get to God with what's going on in the world right now, the more you realize we got no time. We got no time, and I don't want to be one of those Christians who filled their vessel half full of oil and then hear the rumor, uh-oh, it's hitting the fan now. I got to get over there close. The dude's going to be coming out. I got to be there. And I walk up there and my lamp's going out. And I try to borrow oil from one of the other ones who are there with full oil. And they say, go back into town and buy it. You're not getting mine. He's about to be here. And the more I press into the Lord with, with this the things I see going on in the world, the, the more urgent it becomes to me. It becomes, sometimes my prayer to God is in agony because I know that there have been other brothers through time and right now 
who surpass me head over tails press into the Lord. I know it. I know they're out there. But then again, you got to be careful that that doesn't turn into condemnation. And that's the devil saying, see, you're not worthy because all these guys are all better than you. You can't let that seep in either. You just got to keep pushing. But the more you do push, the more you see how inadequate you are and how there's no way you can pull this off on your own. And that makes you just push harder and harder in the presence of God because that's what he wants you to do anyway. That's how he, that's how he, he learns. That's how you learn his voice. That's how you learn his beckoning. That's how you know his calling. That's, you just get to know him. He is real. If you just go into church, fill in the box, check in the box, you don't get to know God. You don't get to know God because that's all you give all week. That's it. You gotta press. Um, there's no set time. You, you can't beat yourself up because you miss time. But I'm telling you, it's an urgent time right now. And we all have the same availability to God as the next person. We just gotta believe it. And we got to know that we can grab those things that will help us. I, I remember going through the academy, and so does Billy like Joe. You get, you get, your mind gets so spun up. From day one, they're telling you, you got to pass this post. The whole time they're throwing everything except the kitchen sink at you. They're throwing these stupid quizzes at you. And I'm not saying that's any harder than, than college or high school or anything else, but for me, it was, it was 30 years since I went to school when I went through that academy. So, so pretty soon you're just, you're just so overpowered by all that crap just to make it through that thing that sometimes you sit down at night and, and three weeks have gone by and you go, what, what the hell have I done for three weeks? Except make sure my shoes are shined and, you know, and it- Pants are ironed. Right, it's just, and then, uh, and then what's funny is, then you get into, like I, I got into jail for about a month and we heard all the stories from all the instructors how all the inmates respect you so much more for shine shoes and all this kind of crap. And you try that for about two or three weeks and after a few or five or six fights and you're getting scuffed and all that crap, you're going, eh, I don't think they care one way or another. <laughs> you know, so in other words, it's stressful, life is stressful, but when you look back, you have a tendency to go, eh, it wasn't really that important after all. But God is. He is the most important thing. Um, we, have, we have an ability. You, you, Melinda brought it up last week. We were talking about praying for somebody. How do we know? You know, we prayed for them. Shouldn't that be good enough? Absolutely, it should be. But it doesn't seem to be the case all the time. Right. So what's our answer? Just not to give up, not to stop, not to, okay, I prayed hard for a week. Call it good. Well, I prayed good for six months, so it hadn't happened, so it must not be God's will. 
So we stop. You know, Moses changed God's mind through persistence. Somebody said if if God and Moses would have ever been on the same page on the same day, Israel would have been annihilated. And that's the truth. God says, get out of my way. I'm done with this stiff-necked people. I'm done. I'm going to wipe them away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can't do that, God. If you do that, the whole world is going to mock you because you said this was your people. And you took them out of slavery in Egypt. You'll become a laughingstock. That's the conversation Moses had with God. And then another time, Moses gets tired of them. And he says, kill them. <laughs> kill them. And he would have to remind Moses, hey, no, 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 no. you you got to do what you're supposed to do. I'll handle the rest. That being said, now do I really believe that actually, Moses actually changed my I don't know. But they were had such a good relationship that they were able to have that kind of a conversation. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And Moses didn't do it exactly like God said one time. He hit the rock. Because he hit the rock. He had to die at 120 years old overlooking the promised land. Now I believe he walked right into the presence of God because he was in perfect physical condition. So had the perfect light in his eyes. The the way the Bible describes it, he was like a young man. But God took him. Didn't let him physically go into Canaan because he disobeyed that time. Pretty hardcore God. On one hand, and then on another, uh, another hand, you look at the life and all the crap you did, and you're still in the game. And He loves you and wants you, wants to put you in the game. And that's pretty humbling too, because none of us are worthy of it. But never stop. Just push, push, push. I don't want to be the only one pushing. I believe that God has called everyone in this room to be part of the body of Christ. You all have attributes of God that I don't. Whether you know what they are or not is irrelevant. But they're so important as a whole to come together. No matter what it is. You have you have no idea and oftentimes don't wrap your head around the things you do well in the secular area. The church has done that in the past. But you've been a real good leader at work. You need to be a pastor. God didn't work that way, man. He did. I mean, come on, look at look at John the Baptist, Elijah, all these fools. I mean, God just uses them. So just seek God, just like the book says. Desire Earnestly, all the gifts. Desire them. Ask him for them. Jesus says, hey, you being a father, you're not going to give, when your child asks for a loaf of bread, you're not going to give him a rock. You give him a loaf of bread. God loves us the same. Pursue those gifts. Pursue all of them. 
and take the ones that he gives you. The ones that he gives you is going to be for the common good of all of us. It's going to help us all mature. It's going to help us all learn to appropriate God's blessings, God's power. You, you know, it says he's omniscient. He knows everything. He's, given, he's, he's blessed people with, with glimpses of that even in themselves. Just like I said, Elijah, looking into the room of that guy, knowing his thoughts, knowing those kind of things. Paul says, hey, I saw what you guys were doing. So, so he was able to, to see, see situations happening, whether it was by vision or dream. I don't know how all that happened for sure. But God imparted it to him some way. When he would minister to people, somehow he would just know what they were going through in detail often. That's beyond any of our human reasoning to be able to do that. To be able to look at a person that's oppressed with the devil. I mean, you could have a person walk in here and this, the devil knows the presence of God. And oftentimes, that's when they'll be the meekest, the most mild, is when they get in the presence of God. They don't, they're hiding. They don't want to be cast out, for one. They don't want to be bound. So they'll come in here. They might be the nicest person in the world. But if God's giving you discerning of spirits, you may literally see a devil on that person. You don't think that would be important? To relieve this person of that impression, that oppression, a person that that that's that that might be a psychopath some way. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's a d demonic oppression. You just you just never can tell. Maybe you have the authority of God to cast that that devil off of that person. Maybe bind them in the pit of hell. That person feels that peace and takes on the, the Holy Spirit, fills them, fills that void. Maybe they're the next prophet. That's how the gifts work for the common good. These aren't just to make us feel better things. It's not to make us superhuman. It's to progress us to the fullness of Christ. To get that body of people without spot, blemish, or any such thing. It's to move us in to the new species, which Jesus is right now, the firstborn among many brethren. He is completely God. He is completely human. They have fused the two together to immortality. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was still recognizable as Jesus, the one who walked on earth, but he was now immortal. He was able to walk through a wall, he was able to sit down and eat. He was also able to disguise himself where he wasn't recognizable. The two, when he left the tomb, there were two disciples that walked with him for I don't know how long, never recognized who he was until he unveiled that to him. Philip baptized the eunuch beside the road. He came up out of the water, Philip vanished. It was 20 miles away, preaching to the next group of people instantly. Gas shortage didn't mean, mean much to Philip. They didn't have gas yet. So, all those things. You know, we, we got to quit looking at this as Harry Potter, man. It's not Harry Potter. 
That's real stuff. Real normal people like you and I just refuse to take normal and press into what God has given them to start changing the world. There's going to be a generation that changes the world all the way to perfection. And Jesus says, I'm not coming back until that bride is perfect. I'm not coming back until all my enemies are made my footstool, the last one being Satan. So there is a group of people in this many-member body who is going to keep growing to maturity that walk with the absolute authority of God in heaven to bind every devil on this earth and to subdue it. And every knee shall bow that Jesus is Lord. Then he's going to come back. And he's going to dwell with us for eternity. That's what tabernacles prophesies of. It's God dwelling with us. He dwells with us. He dwells in us right now. But there will be a literal time that, that we will be united and that will never leave. What that looks like, I don't know. He said a new heavens and a new earth at that time. So, we need to start looking at the world like the world looks at it and look at it like God wants us to look at it. And that's dominated. Total dominion. Any questions? The, the, striking, the striking thing is I reading today was, was that, that Greek thing when it was talking about those different tenses of things that happened that will continue to happen because that just sheds so much light on every promise that was ever prophesied. Even if there was a literal fulfillment to some degree of that, God just keeps intermingling it through the ages to its fullness which I think all those things there's a fullness a maturity in those things that go beyond where they have ever been before and everything that we see happen in that New Testament church will be superseded by this entire remnant of people we will blow the axe Christian, Christians out of the water and I don't mean that in a bad, derogatory way towards them but I just mean God it has to if God fills us to the fullness of Christ, we know that they weren't to the fullness of Christ. But if this people is filled to the fullness of Christ, nothing can stand. Okay. Turn off your phone. Is that the comfiest spot in the world? I don't know if I just...